From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. We have a super stacked show for you today, as always. Today, we're going to be talking about NWA's huge weekend with Empower and NWA 73. Title changes, history made, legends return, a lot to talk about there. We're also going to be going back to Friday and talking about AEW Rampage, as well as talking about last night's Monday Night Raw. But before we get into this Super Stack Show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you for making August the most downloaded month in the Wrestling DeLorean podcast history. We appreciate you guys. Talk about my fans from all over Mexico, Canada, Germany, Ireland, the UK, freaking South Asia, South America. We got fans from all over Australia. I can't, I can't, I can't, what's called? can't forget Australia. We got a lot of fans in Australia. Thank you so much for all the support, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. You don't want to miss out on all the cool shit happening on YouTube. If you listen to this on Tuesday, then tomorrow you're going to be able to check me out on the Dirty Heels podcast. Big shout out to the Dirty Heels who's going to be having me and the good brother Kenny from the Call Up podcast. We're going to form a Voltron and just take over the podcast world. Make sure you check that out. Support the Call Up, support the Dirty Heels podcast, and make sure you check out me, Mike DeDiro, on the Dirty Heels podcast. But that's tomorrow. Let's talk about today. Let's get into this Super Stack show right now. Once again, I'm here, and thank you so much for allowing me into your morning routine, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you so much. Today, we got a big, big day. We're going to be... Not only rocking here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, but you can catch me on the Dirty Heels podcast tomorrow. I'm heading to the studio. We're going to record today along with the Call Up podcast. Good brother Kenny's going to be there. It's going to be dope. I'm, a, You know what I mean? I just want to give a big shout out to the Dirty Heels. You know I rock with Kofi Weedston, Kenneth Stones, and good brother Bove. You know what I mean? I fuck with y'all heavy. You know what I mean? I'm a big fan of y'all and what you guys do. So let's let's continue to create podcast magic you know what i mean like we do always here we start out the show with the news and notes around the wrestling world and today's no different because we got a lot of news and notes being that we weren't able to have a show yesterday so we got news from friday saturday sunday and monday so let's get into that right now 
we're going to start out with what is being referred to as a very polarizing change, the NXT logo. Now, NXT went from the yellow and black brand, the golden black brand, whatever you want to call it. Now you got a little rainbow in there. They, they are definitely a lot more brighter. It's a lot more brighter. It's a lot more colorful. And it's very polarizing. You know, it was announced on SmackDown. There was a commercial for NXT, the new NXT coming soon. And the logo was quite colorful. Quite colorful. And, you know, like I said, I put it on the Instagram page, at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. I asked for people's opinion. And it was a mixed bag. A lot of people liked it. A lot of people disliked it. It does, you know, go away from the look and feel of the current NXT. But I guess that's what they want to do anyway. They want a whole new look and feel for NXT. This is a new era for NXT. Whether you like it or not, there is change on the horizon. Me, personally, I'm not a big fan of it, you know. I, I do like the 90s feel that it has, but I'm not a big fan of it. I like the distinction of color in the current NXT logo. I think that they could even stick with the yellow and black. But, I mean, what are you going to do now? I mean, are, are the ropes going to be rainbows? We'll see what happens. But me personally, I'm all for change. I'm all for brightening the NXT product, but the logo ain't doing it for me. It was announced that Tessa Blanchard may be WWE bound. She took a picture with, uh, she took a photo on her Instagram and she's holding up the Ted DiBiase million dollar bucks. I mean, if Tessa Blanchard is WWE bound, good for her. I know in the past she talked about being miserable during the Mae Young Classic. There was rumors a couple months ago about her joining AEW along with her fiance, Daga. Um, to be honest... Wherever Tessa goes, Tessa's going to be a star. Tessa's one of the best women's wrestlers going today. I just think that there will be more opportunity to shine in AEW. Um, Just because you're a very talented women's wrestler does not mean you're getting shine. You know, Chelsea Green is a very talented women's wrestler. She got no shine in WWE. Diana Perrazzo, one of the best women's wrestlers today, got no love in WWE. Tessa could be different. We we shall see. But in my opinion, I think Tessa would have made a bigger impact in AEW. There's more of a need for a Tessa Blanchard on that women's roster in AEW. But I also do like the, the idea, the dream matches of possible matches between Tessa versus Charlotte. That writes itself with the history, the lineage of the Four Horsemen. I like the idea of Tessa mixing it up with Sasha, Becky... Everybody, I, I'm I'm excited for whatever Tessa does. I do hope that, you know, she cleaned up her act a little bit. She was not the most liked person before she left wrestling. She had a lot of controversy surrounding her. So hopefully this is a new Tessa Blanchard, one that we can all get behind and, you know, enjoy. Also, it was in the news. It was reported that Jim Ross would be taking more of a part-time role in AEW calling the big matches, calling the big events. This currently was shot down by Tony Khan, who said that it's inaccurate. Not saying it's not true, but it's, not, it's inaccurate. Maybe he is going part-time, but maybe it's just pay-per-views, not just big matches. I don't know. Jim Ross also tweeted out that that's news to him, which, you know, you never want to find out your fate in a company from the news. You would rather the company reach out to you. 
So it's going to be interesting to see where JR goes forward. JR is without a doubt a legend. There's sound bites for days. Jim Ross is one of the, if not the greatest, play-by-play men in wrestling history. But, I mean, maybe in this day and age, Jim Ross gets a lighter workload? I don't know. I mean, he doesn't seem like he's asking for a a a lighter workload, but I guess we'll figure it out soon. I guess we'll see what the direction is going forward. My question is, do you replace Jim Ross on Dynamite, or do you go with the two-man booth of Tony Schiavone and Excalibur? I mean, either either of those things would work. It depends on who you replace him with, though. You can't just replace JR with Chris Jericho or anybody else. I think if you're going to replace JR... You got to bring in someone who is a legendary in their own right. I would love to see them bring in Mauro, Mauro Ornello. I would love to see maybe a, I know this is probably not going to happen, but Joey Styles in AEW would be freaking awesome. But I don't think that, you know, you could just replace Jim Ross with anybody. You can't put Mark Henry in that spot. You can't put Big Show in that spot. And that's no disrespect to them. It's just, you know, you're, you're replacing the greatest Big shoes to fill. But I guess we'll see. Paige is gearing up for a wrestling return, it seems. She says that she is not done. On her latest Twitch, she's talking about how her contract is up next June. Kind of seems like she's counting down to her contract expiring. I know she wants to have a match with Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks was the one who, you know, accidentally injured her. So don't go after Sasha. It was an accident. But... I know Paige is dying to get back into the ring. I don't think she would be cleared by the WWE. It'll be interesting to see if Paige looks for work elsewhere after her contract is expired. I think that's why she's counting down to her expiration date. But, I mean, yeah, if you're Paige, you know, you see an Edge return after a career-ending neck injury. You see a Christian Cage return after a career-ending concussion You have Daniel Bryan returning after a career-ending concussion and neck injury himself. You see the return of CM Punk after seven years. If you're Paige, you're sitting back and saying, damn, what about me? Maybe I could do it too. Maybe I'm just one step closer to being back in the ring. If they got a chance, maybe I could get a chance too. If they were rehabilitated and they were able to get better... Maybe I could too. So it'll be really interesting to see if Paige could one day get back in the ring. Is it for WWE? I don't know if they want to take that chance. But they did take that chance with Edge. They did take that chance with Daniel Bryan. I guess it all depends on if she could get medically cleared. If there's a doctor willing to medically clear her, I am sure she will be back in the ring in a heartbeat. Someone who will be back in the ring for about 8 to 12 dates is Brock Lesnar. After he signed his new contract, Brock Lesnar is being announced for 8 to 12 dates. It's a contract that will run about a year and a half. That means, yes, Brock Lesnar is a part-timer. Anybody who thought that he was coming back full-time, that's a very stupid thing to think. Brock Lesnar would not come back full-time. Brock Lesnar is going to be a part-timer, wrestle the major events. I could see him doing the big four and then doing about two weeks leading up to each of them. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know what people expected, but I don't know if, you know, Brock wants to 
stay in WWE. I don't know if he wants to like you know do twelve dates and then go back home for a little bit. It's going to be all up to Brock, but Brock has the ball in his court because it seems like WWE does cater to Brock Lesnar, and he's a draw, which they should. They should cater to Brock Lesnar because one thing that the WWE is lacking, I say it every week, they're lacking star power, and Brock Lesnar is more than star power. Brock Lesnar is a mega draw. So if you have the opportunity to have a mega draw on your big shows, guys that are not, you know, past their prime, Guys like, you know, I'm sorry, but guys like Goldberg, I would rather Brock Lesnar any day. There's still dream matches to be had with Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley better be one of these 12 dates. Because if they miss that opportunity again, then it's going to be a Sting Undertaker situation where it's just never going to happen. But one thing that is going to happen, it was announced that for Sammy Callahan's promotion, the Pro Wrestling Revolver, we're going to have a dream tag match. It is the return of Switchblade Conspiracy, John Moxley, and Sammy Callahan. They will be going against the return of Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, the Wolves or the American Wolves. Pro Wrestling Revolver, check them out. They have a lot of cool stuff. And this right here is a match that will be worth paying for. It will be worth going out of your way to watch, I know, to see Davey Richards back and mixing it up with someone like John Moxley or Sammy Callahan. To see the Wolves back together is awesome. I knew it was only a matter of time before Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards was teaming up again. I knew it was only a matter of time before Sammy Callahan and John Moxley was teaming up again. This right here is awesome. I can't wait to see that matchup. And the final thing I want to talk about today is Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. the American Dragon. Brian Danielson in AEW. We're going to be talking about this on the Dirty Heels podcast later today, and it will be dropping tomorrow. But we're going to give you a little prelude of that right now because it was originally rumored that Daniel Bryan will be making his AEW debut for the New York show at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. On September 22nd, it is now rumored that that has been bumped up to All Out this coming Sunday. The sooner, the better in the eyes of AEW, I guess. You know, that would mean Chicago gets two huge debuts. That would mean that Daniel Bryan will be back on the same show that CM Punk is making his in-ring return. I wouldn't do this at all. I would wait to Arthur Ashe Stadium. You know that New York crowd would go absolutely ballistic for the debut of Brian Danielson. That New York crowd that, which, by the way, will include your boy, will go ballistic for the debut of the American Dragon. God willing, they get the music to the final countdown. That shit will be crazy. But right now... AEW still riding the wave of CM Punk in the CM Punk debut. So is now really the right time to have Daniel Bryan debut as well? Possibly taking some of the shine off Punk. I say you have CM Punk wrestle his first match. You have CM Punk on a couple more TVs. And as the luster of CM Punk being here in AEW starts to become the norm, you hit him with the big bang with Daniel Bryan debuting in New York. Having too much at once, I don't know. I think that they're really trying to make all out the 
the biggest pay-per-view in AEW history. They really want to make it the new era of AEW. But how big would it be to see Daniel Bryan walking out for the first time in front of a packed Arthur Ashe Stadium, 20,000 plus? I think that it just would make more sense to do that. Continue to ride the hot hand with CM Punk. And as it starts to fizzle down, you have your big bang that continues to cause a lot of eyes and attention and traction and ratings. Unless they think that Daniel Bryan debuting at All Out will be, you know, so big. The news will be so big that you have to tune in right away. I don't know. Just in my opinion, I'd wait for New York. I don't want to take away from CM Punk's aura right now. But it's all rumor and innuendo. Who knows? It could be bullshit. He could be debuting in New York. Hell, he could be debuting at the next pay-per-view. He could be debuting in two pay-per-views. Who's to say that any of this shit is true? I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. When we come back, we're going to be talking about AEW Rampage and the huge weekend that the NWA had for NWA Empower, the all-women's pay-per-view, and NWA 73. And later on in the show, we'll be talking about last night's Monday Night Raw. So, you don't want to miss this. Stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Last Friday night, AEW had their third ever edition of AEW Rampage. And it was a really good show. We got a lot of news coming out of this show. We have a new match set for All Out. It will officially be the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks in a steel cage match for the AEW Tag Team Champions. We had a really good... Cool main event with Christian Cage, Kenny Omega, Kaz, Cutler, everyone involved, right? We had a women's matchup between The Bunny and 
Ty Conti leading into the Women's Casino Battle Royal at All Out. So let's get into this episode of AEW Rampage right now. AEW Rampage started out hot and heavy, just like they would do in Dynamite sometimes. They would already have one team or one competitor already in the ring. And we'll get one entrance and we'll get right into the matchup. And that was the case this week with the Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express. This was the finals for the AEW Tag Team number one contendership title tournament. There's a lot to say there. If I messed that up, sorry. Lucha Bros, Jurassic Express... Really good match. First of all, shouts to Giannis who was in the uh, crowd there. Going nuts. Really, really cool to see. Some of the things that Jungle Boy and Phoenix was pulling out was just freaking insane. Absolutely insane. We were seeing Canadian Destroyers and Huracaranas and... Walking the ropes and bouncing on the... It was just crazy. It was crazy. But, you know, it lived, it lived up to the hype as the finals of the tournament. In the end, we are getting the Lucha Bros reigniting their feud with the Young Bucks. And we'll be getting them in a steel cage match. A match that we haven't seen in AEW yet. Because we've seen them in a ladder match. We've seen them in two out of three falls. Here we're getting Lucha Bros versus the Bucks in a cage. And I say pull the trigger. The Lucha Bros is one of the best tag teams in wrestling today, let alone AEW. And for them to not have a tag team title reign almost three years in is insane. It's insane. We're almost three years in. They need the tag team title reign. The Lucha Bros... Need a tag team title ring. I think it will add to the storyline for whatever happens with Pack and Andrade. I think that it just makes sense. So, my call is you pull the trigger on the Lucha Bros now. You pull the trigger now. The Bucks don't need that tag team titles. The Lucha Bros do. After the matchup, the Young Bucks attack, of course, like they always do. But the Lucha Bros and the Jurassic Express team up and take out the Young Bucks. Next, we have a look into Darby Allin versus CM Punk at All Out. This was a video package. Before the show, it was announced that CM Punk and Darby Allin will be on the show. That was not the case. We just got a video package of the matchup between Punk and Darby. It's cool. Like We don't need to see Punk on the show every show, relishing in the crowd and being like, I'm back. I mean, we, we get it by now. Like, I'm not sick of it, but what would Punk do right now? Like, unless you had, like, a contract signing or a face-to-face showdown between Punk and Darby, it's not needed right now. But anyway, this was a cool little video package. Got me hype. I was already extremely hype. CM Punk versus Darby Allin is going to be a match that people are going to be talking about after All Out is done. September 6th, the Monday after All Out, whether Kenny retains or loses, the match that people will be talking about is CM Punk's in-ring return against Darby Allin. So, I think that the hype is already there. We then see Miro coming out 
with a beat down Fuego del Sol. Miro destroys Fuego again. He's beating him down in the ring. And then, the ultimate disrespect, Miro unmasks Fuego del Sol. He calls out Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston comes out. They brawl. We have a big pull apart between Eddie Kingston and Miro. I am extremely hyped for Eddie Kingston and Miro. Extremely hyped. That was another match that is added to All Out. They also announced that it will be Kojima versus Moxley at All Out. All Out right now is looking insanely stacked. If you want to hear my opinion and my predictions for All Out this Sunday, make sure you check out the Dirty Heels podcast tomorrow featuring your boy. But I already plugged that like 15 times. So anyway, back to the show. We got a matchup between Tay Conti and The Bunny. This was a pretty good matchup. In the end, The Bunny wins with the help of Penelope Ford. And in the main event, Kenny Omega and Brandon Cutler versus Christian Cage and Kaz. Christian Cage gets the victory here over Kenny Omega and Kaz. Well, over Kenny Omega and Cutler. Kaz and Christian Cage pick up the victory here. This was a pretty okay matchup. A lot of the action was with Brandon Cutler. I could care less about Brandon Cutler. I don't find him entertaining. I don't find him good. But whatever. You know, we're building up to Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Who already had a banger of a match two weeks ago. I'm sure they're going to have another banger of a match on Sunday. So... In the end, this was a really good episode of uh, Rampage. Not the best episode. That still goes to last week. But I give it a strong 2.5 out of 5 stars. I enjoyed it. Another show that I enjoyed was NWA Empower. The all-women's pay-per-view for the NWA. I'm going to run through some of the results here. Just first of all, big shout-out to Mickey James, the producer of this show. She did an excellent job. Big shout-out to Awesome Kong on retiring. You know, huge... Huge moment. She had one hell of a career. Awesome Kong and Gail Kim put women's wrestling back on the map with TNA's knockout division back in 06, 07. So if you want to, you know, talk about the women's revolution, you got to talk about Awesome Kong and Gail Kim. Some matches on the show. Uh, Diamante picked up the victory against Kylie Ray and Cheek Tormenta from AAA. We had the winner of the uh, semifinals of the women's tag team tournament. The Hex defeated Hell on Heels. Red Velvet and Kylie King representing AEW defeated the Free Babes, Jazzy Yang and Miranda Gordy in the second women's semifinal matchup. That was a pretty good matchup. Gail Kim was here during the match. She was saying how, you know, she... Well, afterwards, she got on the mic. She said that she is so happy to be here. So much history being made here in the NWA. She's humbled that the NWA asked her to be a part of this. After this, uh, well, while she was talking, Taryn Terrell, Genocide, and Paola Blaze from 90 Day Fiance fame came out, started ripping into Gail Kim, and then boom, out comes Awesome Kong, who lays waste to all three women and has a stare down with Gail Kim. Afterwards, Kong and Gail Kim hug, and she announces her retirement from the wrestling business. Big thank you, Kong Chance. I just want to say, like I said, big shout out to Awesome Kong. Really cool to see her retiring here with Gail Kim in the ring. And it was only fitting having two of the originals of the Knockouts division. It was only fitting to have an Impact Wrestling Knockouts Championship match right afterwards as the newest face of the Impact Wrestling Women's division, Diana Perazu, went against Melina. And this was a really good matchup. In the end, Diana Perazu won by submission. I really enjoyed this matchup. 
Medusa was on hand to present the title to the winner, which was awesome to see Medusa part of this. So much history in this night. The finals of the Women's Tag Team Tournament match and to crown the new Women's Tag Team Champions for the NWA, the Hex, Allison K and Marty Bell, they defeat AEW's own Kylan King and Red Velvet. Billy Corgan comes out. He introduces the new women's tag team titles. Last held by Mildred Burke in 1954 to signify, to signify, I can't talk here, to signify her legacy and how far women's wrestling has come. Shouts to Mildred Burke. And shouts to Billy Corgan being on the show too. Really cool to see what he's doing with the NWA. This has just been, this was an amazing weekend for the NWA. NWA women's title matchup. Camille versus AEW's Layla Hirsch. This was one hell of a matchup. The winner is Camille. She is still your NWA champion. She defeats uh, Layla Hirsch here. Then after this matchup, we had the entrance of the following Women's Invitational Cup Gauntlet matchup. This matchup featured Kira Hogan, Bianca Corelli, Thunder Kitty, Chelsea Green, Genocide with Tyron Terrell. Lady Frost, Debbie Malenko, Jamie Singal, Marsha Masha Slamovich, it's hard to say that name, Tootie Lynn, and this matchup was the main event. In the end, Chelsea Green wins the victory. Chelsea Green is all over wrestling right now. Chelsea Green is posing with the GCW champion. Chelsea Green is in the Ring of Honor, Women of Honor tournament. She's been teaming with her husband, or fiance, I'm not sure what yet. Uh, Matt Cardona and Impact Wrestling. Chelsea Green right now is all over the wrestling world. I wouldn't be surprised if she showed up on AEW. Really, really cool to see Chelsea Green continue to shine. She's such a hell of a talent. This was a really, really, really special show. All women's pay-per-view came off really good for NWA. Really historic. One day before their 73rd anniversary, I really enjoyed this. Shout out to Chelsea Green. Big shout out to Awesome Kong and Gail Kim. Camille and Layla Hirsch was a great match. Diana Perazu and Molina was a great match. Overall, I give this show a 3.5 out of 5 stars. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But the weekend was not done quite yet because when we come back, not only will we be talking about Sunday's NWA 73 pay-per-view, but we'll be talking about last night's Monday Night Raw. So stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We just talked about one historic night for NWA, and we're about to get into another historic night for NWA because it wasn't just done with NWA in power. The very next night, live from St. Louis at the Chase, legendary NWA arena, legendary NWA's town, the Chase, we have NWA 73. On this show, we not only had the return to the NWA of the Nature Boy Ric Flair, but the 1,000-plus day reign of Nick Aldis came to an end in the hands of Trevor Murdoch. So let's get into the Superstack show. We're going to talk all about that. And right after that, we're going to be talking about last night's Monday Night Raw. Some very interesting stuff went down. Raw seems to be getting better. I'm not going to lie, so let's talk about it. NWA 73, like I said, this was from The Chase. This was from St. Louis. Really, really good show here. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this show. Really good. First, in the brawl in the loo, Tim Storm defeated Crimson and Tom Latimer. This was a freaking insane matchup. There was one move where Tom Latimer, the former Bram, hit a swanton bomb on the entranceway, on top of a ladder, through a table that was sandwiched between two guardrails. It was absolutely insane. There's gifs all over the internet of it. So if you haven't seen that, I'm sure just go on Instagram, type in NWA73, and that's one of the highlights that you're going to see. In the end, Tim Storm picks up the victory here on Crimson and on Tom Latimer. One hell of a match to start out the show. I gave that one a strong 4 out of 5 stars. I really enjoyed it. Mickey James was in action here. She defeated Kylie Ray in the second matchup here. Cool to see Mickey James mixing it up and getting uh, in the ring. Cool that she didn't wrestle at Empower. She was in the producer role, but the next night she wrestled in 73, which is really cool. Next, we got a six-man tag match between Tyrus, Jordan Clearwater, and the Mystery Man. They defeat the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro, or Elijah Burke, uh, Odison, and Paro. This was a fun matchup. Not too much, though. I... Didn't, you know, I didn't hate it. It was fun. Served its purpose. Next, we got the NWA National Championship match between Chris Adonis. He defeats James Storm. That was a pretty fun matchup to see. Always was a big James Storm fan. The Cowboy, you know what I mean? I was a fan of his for a long time. If you listen to the classic shit that we do here with the TNA Asylum years and the TNA making an impact years, you know, I talk about James Storm a lot. His AMW... uh team with Chris Harris, former NWA Tag Team Champions, about like six or seven times. Big fan of James Storm, and really cool to see him still going in this day and age, still looking good in the ring, but Chris Adonis on this night was just a little better. Next, we got the NWA National Title, number one contender, 12-man battle royal. This was a matchup between Judius, uh, Salvinaro, JTG, Captain Yuma, uh, Marche Rocket, Jeremiah Plunkett, Luke Hawks, Matthew Mims, El Rudo, Jamie Stanley, Rush Freeman, 
and Jaden, the heartthrob, and in the end, Judius, who was accompanied by none other than Father James Mitchell, picks up the victory here. That was a really cool sight to see Father James Mitchell back in the NWA, back as a manager. The guy still looks like the fucking devil, so you might as well keep him in that role, you know what I mean? Always was a fan of the Sinister Minister in ECW, always was a fan of uh, Father James Mitchell, Disciples of the New Church, what he did with Abyss, the uh, manager of The Gathering, CM Punk and Julio De Niro, need I say more? NWA Women's Championship match, we got... Camille versus the winner of the Battle Royal the night before, Chelsea Green. Camille picks up the victory. I think that it would have been an interesting uh, way to go with the hot hand. And if they had Chelsea Green pick up the victory here and win the NWA title. But I guess since there was a title change for the NWA World Champion, they didn't want to pull the trigger there. Camille is still your champion. She's a dominant champion. The Brick House is going to be a champion for a long time, it seems. Next, we got the NWA World Tag Team Championship match. Le Rebellion, Mesha Wolf, and Bestia 666 defeated J.R. Kratos and Aaron Stevens. Really fun matchup. I've been a fan of Bestia 666 for a long time. Not going to lie, the first time I saw him was in Extreme Rising. If you don't remember Extreme Rising, don't worry. <laughs> Many people don't. <laughs> but yeah, he, he was uh, you know a standout in that company. Uh, seeing uh, Mecha Wolf in MLW, so that was really cool. J.R. Kratos being a star of uh, New Japan Strong and Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow. Really cool to see this matchup. And in the main, by the way, by the way, we're going to talk about Ric Flair after I talk about the, uh, what's it called, the main event here. Because how could you miss the Nature Boy Ric Flair's return to the NWA? We'll talk about that in a second. But in the main event, we have Trevor Murdoch. He defeats Nick Aldis, who is... Probably one of the longest reigning champions in wrestling today. He held the NWA title for a thousand plus days. But we have a new champion. It is Trevor Murdoch who deserves that title, man. He had one hell of a matchup. It was a really, really fun uh, fun match. I am so happy for Trevor Murdoch who made a return to wrestling and really put in the work. Gotta, you know, give the roses to Nick Aldis who held that title for over a thousand days and made it something special. Really good main event. Speaking of special, a very special moment on this show was the return of Ric Flair. Ric Flair took it upon himself to thank Vince McMahon and tell Vince McMahon that he loves him. He also thanked Triple H and Shawn Michaels. He also gave a shout out to Tony Khan. I guess he was covering all bases, you know what I mean? He was covering all bases just in case... The WWE looks at this as disrespectful for him to go elsewhere. Also, I guess if he wants a job with AEW. But nonetheless, was a really, really fun moment to see the Nature Boy Ric Flair in the company that made him famous. The company that he put on his back. The NWA was ran by Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen in the 80s. He was the biggest guy. He was the world champion More than anyone else, he was the biggest star to hold that title. And Ric Flair, honestly, was the NWA. There's no other way to put it. Ric Flair was the NWA. So for NWA's 73rd anniversary, it was great to see Ric Flair back in the company. I give this show a strong 3.5 out of 5 stars. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it. Really cool to see Flair back. Really cool to see a new champion. I'm a big fan of the NWA. I can't wait to see what they do next because they had one hell of a weekend. Let's get into last night's Monday Night Raw. You know, lately, Monday Night Raw been a pretty decent show. Last night was a really good show, in my opinion. 
started out with an open challenge by Damian Priest, who was answered by both Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. That was a good matchup. Damian Priest picks up the victory. Really cool to see Damian Priest in that upper echelon and winning big matches over big-name opponents like McIntyre and Sheamus. We then get a tag team title match. So two tag ma- I mean, two title matches right off the bat on this episode of Raw. It was rated RK Bro. They go against Bobby Lashley and MVP. And in the end, Bobby Lashley is put down by the RKO. So it looks like we may have a new number one contender in Randy Orton. Uh, other significant stuff. Rhea Ripley had a pretty good match with Shayna Baszler. The Viking Raiders defeat Jinder Mahal and Veer. Dewdrop attacked Eva Marie, you know, blah, blah, blah. Karrion Cross still seems lost. Karrion lost. That's his new name. Karrion lost. Even though he's winning, he seems lost. His character is just lost. This character does not fit him. He was already a character. You don't need to add the whole gladiator shit on him. I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. He, he tapped out Humberto Carrillo to the cross jacket. The match that I want to talk about was Nia Jax and Charlotte Flair... It looked like there was a part of this matchup where things became a shoot. I don't know if something went wrong. I don't know if these girls had bad blood with each other, but Charlotte slapped Nia. Nia started throwing live rounds at Charlotte. It looked a little weird because it went from wrestling match to an actual like live rounds and shoot fighting, and it was just weird. Uh, in the end, Nia Jax actually picks up the victory on the women's champion, Charlotte. But definitely was weird to see a matchup between these girls that actually got, you know, a little physical and was a shoot. Nonetheless, this was a good Raw. Another match I really enjoyed was AJ Styles versus Xavier Woods. Been watching them wrestle since the TNA days. That was a really cool matchup. They always had good chemistry with each other. I enjoyed this Raw. I did. I think Raw has been on a roll lately. And I think that they should only go up from here. They should not go back to what was making them, you know, eh. So, like, more of this, please. I think a, th- a big thing that had to do with it was there was no Alexa Bliss on the show. No offense to Alexa. Just not a fan of the character. There was no uh, Nikki A.S.H. Sorry, not a fan of the character. There was enough stupid shit, but it was also a good show. I enjoyed the show. I give this Raw a 2.5 out of 5. I would even bump it up to a 3 just for the main event and for the opening matchup. So, I hope Raw continues to go on the same path. I hope everyone tunes in tomorrow to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you so much for all the support. I love you guys. I appreciate all the support. Thank you for following on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. TikTok, Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. For subscribing, liking, commenting on the YouTube. Make sure you check out the Dirty Heels Podcast tomorrow featuring me, Mike De Niro, and the Call Up Podcast. You don't want to miss out on that. Thank you so much for all the support, guys. I love you guys. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. One love. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 